Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter today. Matthew, the fifth chapter, beginning with verse 38. How many is thankful for the love of God? I already knew kind of what I was going to preach about and talk about today. And then I went to that homegoing service yesterday and was so inspired by the love of Jesus Christ. He loves us so much. And His love is power to us. I said His love is power to us. His love is protection over us. We live in a world that believes we ought to do unto others before they have a chance to do unto us. I don't like preaching by myself, so until y'all start saying amen, I'll just look at you while you look at me. I said, we live in a world that believes that we have to do unto others before they get a chance to do to us. That's not what the Word teaches us. Amen? Matthew 5.38 says, You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. (laughs) And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have your cloak too. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with them twain or two miles. Give to him that asketh thee. Give to him that asketh thee. Give to him that asketh thee. If somebody asks you for a dollar, what do you do? You give them a dollar. The reason that I, when I go to Nashville, you know I have a house in Nashville and I go down there every week and never fail. Matter of fact, a couple weeks ago, I was at a restaurant and as I was walking in, this guy with, man, he, he had such life in his eyes. He came up to me and he said, hey, 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 bro, hey, hey, bro. I said, yeah. He said, man, I just got out of drug rehab. He said, I'm trying to get money. And, and he told me this big, long story. And he said, you got a dollar? I said, and I said, no, but I got a 20. He went, oh, okay. I went, here. He went, for real? I said, for real. I said, because I'm not going to doubt you, and you say that you're trying to do better in your life. Oh, yeah, I am. I am. I am, he said. And then we stood there for a minute, and he said, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor. He went, what? And this guy started quoting scripture like I wish I could. I'm not even joking. He just started spitting it out. 
And I said, well, can I pray with you? Yeah, pastor, you can. I mean, he didn't care that we were standing in front of Jay Alexander's on West End and all these people were coming in. He was locked in at this point. And I prayed over him. But you know why I gave him something? Because he asked me. He said, now you can't do that. Hey, wisdom is the ability to know the difference. And I agree that you should always walk in wisdom. But you should never walk in fear. You should never, can you put that back up there for a minute? You, you should never take the word. It says, give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow thee, turn not away. How many, now you better know that you can't lie in church. How many have you seen somebody come and you know they're about to try to borrow some money off you and you go the other direction? Now listen, the truth is you can't give, you can't loan somebody something that you don't have. So don't prove stupid's a word and give them something that you should not give them. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I'm talking about operating within the 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 bounds of the love of God and not in the mentality of this world. Because just like we were so beautifully taught this morning, it, it, to be honest, it doesn't make sense sometimes to our natural mind what the Bible says, but do we trust our mind and our feelings and the world's thinkology or do we trust, like he said, what the Word says? I trust what the Word says. But it says, Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that borrow from thee, turn not away. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. <laughs> That's just funny to me because you know that ain't what we try to do sometimes. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans, uh, do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute the brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? But ye therefore, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Now, I'm going to take you to the, the uh, Passion Translation of verse 44 and 45. It says, however, I say to you, love your enemy. Look at somebody and say, love your enemy. <laughs> Husband, this is the time you can get her to love you no matter what you did this week. Love your enemy. Bless the one who curses you. Do something wonderful. What? Do something wonderful for the one that hates you. 
And this is very important. And respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. For that will reveal your identity as children of your heavenly Father. He is kind to all by bringing the sunrise to warm and rainfall to refresh. Whether a person does what is good or evil. Love your enemies. Turn the other cheek. To most people, that sounds like a pretty weak way to handle someone who's causing you trouble. But the truth is, it's the most powerful way there is to handle those people. It's the way Jesus did it. And I want to remind you, Jesus never fails. I said, He never fails. Do you remember when Jesus went back to Nazareth and all the religious folk were angry with him and they wanted to push him off of a cliff? Do you remember that story? Well, what happened? He walked right past them and no one could lay a finger on him. Another time they decided to stone him. He didn't retaliate that time either. He just walked off. No one could touch him. When Jesus walked through the crowd, He wasn't afraid. He knew that they couldn't hurt him because he was walking in the love of God. He wasn't walking with threats coming out of his mouth. He wasn't walking with, oh, I'll get you back. But he was walking in the sanctity of the love of God. When Jesus says, turn the other cheek, he doesn't mean to stand there and let somebody beat your brains out. That's not what he's talking about. He meant for you to stand there in love and in faith that the protecting power of God that accompanies that love will keep you. See, in this world that we live in today, a lot of people, I have, I'm just being straight with you. I've been, I've been um, approached and confronted more in the last four weeks about how we teach on tithing and giving and then how we teach on the word of faith. I was told this week that we are believing new age doctrine. There's nothing new age doctrine about Proverbs 18.21. Matter of fact, it's pretty old. And it's tried and true. So I'm not offended at their opposition however it does make me want to dig in and know exactly why I believe what I believe but if I retaliate in an offended harsh way I can never win my brethren because the word says it's harder to win a brethren that is offended than multitudes of others so we have to retaliate by loving them And see, love isn't just, oh, come give me some sugar. Matter of fact, that has nothing to do with love. That's totally emotions. Because, quite frankly, even the people I love, I don't always want to give them sugar. Because <laughs> I just ain't a sugar kind of guy all the time. There are times. But, we've got to understand That we have to do what Jesus did if we want to operate in the same authority that he has given us to operate in. 
Do we need to turn this up? Y'all looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate today, some of you. See, I know it's easier to say, oh, I love everybody than to really love everybody. Because when you say you love everybody, that means you have compassion for everybody. Because the definition of love is not wrapped up in what Hollywood says in the latest movie and the blockbuster out at the movies. It, it's not wrapped up in the greatest country songs written. And we got a couple great country songwriters back here today. But we, it's not wrapped up in, in what men have said love is. All of the things that we that we see on the screen and that we write about in songs and in books and, and that we feel sometimes even in our emotions, they can be attributes of love. But true love would send a man to a cross that did nothing wrong. And he would allow them. Somebody said they hung him on a cross. No, they didn't. He allowed them. He laid himself down. Because the Bible teaches us that there was legions of angels just perched on the edge of heaven waiting to come and rescue him. But it was the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not, could not, should not perish but have everlasting life. That's love. And so, when Jesus said, turn the other cheek, He didn't mean let them physically abuse you. He meant for you to stand there in love, in faith, believing that the protecting power of God that accompanies that love would keep you safe. He meant for a man to swing at you and not be able to hit you. But you might say, well, pastor, I don't have that kind of love. I don't know that kind of love. You might even say, I can't do that kind of love. Yes, you can. And here's proof. In Romans 5, 5. It says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Who has received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior in here today? Maybe even online. You want to hit a heart or something. You, you know Jesus as your personal Savior. Raise your hand. You're so thankful that you're a Christian today. This is about you. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. All you have to do is make the decision to be motivated by the love of God rather than human feelings and emotions. Love never fails. I said love never fails. So if there's a failure in your life, it's not God. And you shouldn't live in shame. That's not what I'm saying either. Because I, I, I want you to know that I'll admit today, I've made failures. I've, I've failed. And you say, well, that's a negative confession. Well, you know what? The Bible also says you got to keep in context with what you're talking and how you're talking and what you're doing. The Bible also says the confession is good for the soul. 
I'm not about negative confession, but I'm also about standing and, and being a man enough to say, you know what, I have failed, and I have made mistakes. I have come up short in my life, and quite frankly, not even happy about how long ago it's been. But I want you to know today that I don't stand here today in shame. I don't stand here today embarrassed. I don't ever want to repeat some of the things that I've made a mistake in doing. But I don't stand with shame because the power of God that washed me from from being in a life of sin is all also that same power that he says if I have a sin if I have a failure if I have a problem if I confess that he is faithful and just to forgive us I got news for you today I stand here forgiven of all the failure because of the love of God so I make a decision because of the love of God being shed abroad in my heart that I can forgive others like I've been forgiven. Some people unfortunately go to their grave holding a grudge. You know what they also go to their grave holding? They're holding potential that they could actually become. But the Bible says if you have all towards your brethren... To go and fix it and then offer your offering. It doesn't say in that. It doesn't say that you're not saved. It doesn't say you're not going to heaven. I'm just taking that for, for example to say if you've got all in your heart. I'm not judging you to hell. I'm not damning you to eternity away from God. I'm telling you that there's potential in you that you can reach that you are not going to be able to reach unless you forgive like Jesus forgives. Unless you love like Jesus loved. And, and lastly, as I'm closing and I'm done, you don't have to be afraid of failure any longer. In fact, you, my friend, don't have to be afraid of anything. Do you understand? If you're walking in the love of God, you're living the most powerful kind of life that there is. Love is our protection. But it's not the world's kind of love. It's the God kind of love. The God kind of love that forgives people, the God kind of love that doesn't walk with their head hung down and afraid, just like Jesus, he walked through that crowd, he wasn't afraid that they were going to harm him, not because of his physical strength, but because of the love of God that had been put in his heart by his heavenly father, he knew he was God's, you don't have to walk through this world with your head hung down, ashamed, afraid, or scared. You know, sometimes we're afraid to let people see our true side because of pride. We don't want them to see the real us. Well, that fired you up. See if I can keep going. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Sometimes the fear of thoughts in other people's minds cause us to stop short of the glory that God has for us to walk into. And you know why sometimes we, we don't, we don't want to let them feel like they got up on us? 
because we got hard feelings towards somebody and we feel insecure and we just we just stay in our own little place ain't nobody gonna see me you know less than I, I know who I am do you do you really know who you are I know who I am today I know exactly who I am I'm Jack Midkiff born of Jack and Doyle Midkiff in Hearts, West Virginia, Logan, West Virginia in 1969. I know exactly who I am. Today, I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. But do you know what I'd be if I wasn't in the power of God's love? Oh, I seen some of my family yesterday. I got a little glimpse. I love my family, but it's like, whoo. Jesus. Anybody ever went to a family reunion and went, Jesus? You start hucking and bucking, thanking God, that ain't you. And God don't love you anymore than He loves them, and He don't love them anymore than He loves you. It comes down to you making a decision to allow God to be all God, and you trust Him with all of who you are. God, in the name of Jesus today, we need your love. We need your protection. We need your power. We desire you. Lord, there's people sitting here today that have failure on their mind because they are ashamed. Lord, I decree and declare that they're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb, the work you do, did on the cross, and the word of their testimony, their faith, and their belief in you enough to decree and declare that your work is enough for their goodness. Your work is enough for their deliverance. Your work is enough for their freedom. And they receive that. And they walk in that. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you guys so much for joining High Praises Church podcast today. We are so happy to have had you with us. If you just met Jesus for the first time and you want to commit your life to him, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. I open my heart and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for answering my prayer and saving my life. Amen. God is so good. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you and may he be gracious to you. Now, we want you to stay connected with our socials. You can find us every Sunday and Wednesday on our Facebook and YouTube live at The High Praises Church and catch us on our Instagram at The High Praises. Can't wait to see you next week. Take care.